welcome to another week of Books That Make Us Better. My name is Kayla Joe. My name is Megan. I'm Lydia. And I'm Jesse. Jesse, live from the Bahamas. Woo-woo. Uh, Bahamas. I, I feel like I can see, we all can see the sun. Is the sun setting? It is. It's yeah, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I'm also worried about the lighting situation in a few minutes here. So if I if it blacks out, sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, luckily, this is just audio. Yes. Podcasting in the dark. I should have brought glow sticks. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wish you would have had a rave. Glow stick headband, at least. Yes. So, yeah. Br- uh, broadcasting from vacation for all of our view- or fans or listeners or first-time callers. <laughs> <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> never miss, some people say never miss a Monday, never miss a podcast recording, and, and it's what I say. But, and we love you for it. <laughs> um, so a couple things, a couple housekeeping things this week. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway. Yay! So I think it's going to do, I think we'll do another um, graphic on the Books That Make Us Better Facebook page. So if you've not been to our Facebook page, um, go check it out. I think that um, I will list the link for this podcast. So if you're listening right now, obviously you've already found the link, but all you'll have to do is share that post to be entered into a drawing for a chance to win our next book, which is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And I think we all agree that we love Brene Brown here. I She's new to me, but I'm excited. Oh, you've never. Oh, God. I've been listening. I've already started listening and reading. I I do enjoy it. She's sassy. In the southern accent. She's. I love her voice. Yes. Same. So if you would like a chance to get in the running for that, just head to our Facebook page and share uh, the graphic that has the link on it. Uh, Second of all, we are down to six chapters. And we're oh, done. Indeed. That's it. Crazy. It's been a. It seems quick, but I don't it think did. it's been quick. No, but it did seem fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really did. So let's dive in, shall we? Anyone have any disputes? I, sh- I second the motion. Don't paper say I. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say. Are we gonna parley pro this? Is this where we're I going don't, now? I don't know what that's about. What is that? <laughs> this is the city council member. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the next thing that we say? (laughs) We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished. We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless. But we don't think life should be taken too seriously. Books that make us better. An alpha media podcast. Okay, so... This is a fun one for me. I feel like um, I only just got good at what Abby was not good at recently. Um, so this is about this is a chapter about fun and like finding the time to do you. Uh, so what happens is it's early in Abby and it's hap- it's early in Abby and Glennon's uh, marriage, and Abby comes in and is like, "Guess what, babe? I'm gonna be in an ice hockey." group uh team and glennon's like what you do ice hockey and she's like i haven't done it since i was a kid but it'd be great it was so fun i used to be a goalie (laughs) like and just glennon's just like what and she starts to get in her head a little and thinks oh must be nice to have fun and then she thinks second guesses and says or second thinks or whatever and thinks "Uh, you know what 
why don't I just try and have fun? You know what? What's something I always want to do? I want to play guitar. So I'm going to do it. So she looks up guitar lessons, finds a place nearby, books the guitar lessons, um, and like <laughs> tells Abby this huge spiel of like how she's going to be a, a rock star, but she's not going to be a good one because she's not a good singer. But that's okay because that's going to make people feel like, well, if she can do it, then I can do it, which is actually like, it's like she's still trying to serve other people while she's trying to serve herself, but adorable. It's just her grappling with the idea of everybody having their own thing and she wants to have her own thing. And she comes around to the, you know, now she's to the point where she's been playing guitar for a long time and it is hard for her. Um, but it's something that makes her feel like she's taking care of herself, you know? And like, I, I feel like this is one of those things it's like, can be condensed down into treat yourself. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Yes, you can yes, into. yes. And like, do what makes you happy, or I don't know, whatever self care, whatever the buzzword is right now. It seems like that's what this comes down to. I agree, and, and I, I think she really realizes too that her her bitter her bitterness towards other people's joy, in this case, Abby's, like, is so unproductive, and bitterness towards anything is unproductive. So she starts to kind of realize, like, why waste time? on that and I think like I really I don't know that I carry a lot of bitterness as a person but I do know that I have moments where I'm like oh gosh you know yeah like must be nice totally. must be whatever <laughs> as I'm sitting on vacation right now <laughs> but like yeah. um deserved yeah, so like, vacation yes deserved. yes yes I also want everyone to know that this is probably costing me tiramisu because we ordered it for dessert and I didn't get to finish it before this started and it's not going to be there when I get inside Oh, oh my no, gosh! So <laughs> Eat it right what? now. No, yeah, Michael, bring it out. No. no, I mean it's it's probably long gone. R.I.P. Oh. Tiramisu. Michael enjoyed it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um, so let Michael also, get well, fat and sassy. <laughs> maybe I need to let go of that. Maybe I'm bitter. It's unproductive to be bitter about the tiramisu. I'm sorry. <laughs> there it is. It came out. <laughs> yeah, like, surely I, you could order more, right? Yes. I just wonder how many. I never really chose to focus on it, but I wonder how many times, uh, like, I waste minutes on very unproductive, like, thoughts, whether they be bitterness or, you know, like, mm -hmm. what if you put yourself, like, kind of in a, like, checks and balance with that? Like, is this really being productive? Like, if you started asking, I don't know, I know it, it sounds, like, simple, but, like, I probably just don't do it enough. And then I spend time in these mind spaces that don't help mm -hmm. anyone, especially myself. It also um, sounds very American because you boiled it all down to productivity. <laughs> oh gosh, that <laughs> is I so love. American. Which that I is love. me. That's so. That's just like the essence of my being is like, what can I produce for other people usually? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I think, but if that's what works for you, if that's what motivates you, then productivity, fine. But like maybe a, a, like an alternative could be like, the bitterness is getting in the way of your what did she say she said joy bitterness in the way of joy so that might or but like you know if that's too simplistic you know just your happiness in general no you're totally right I think it's I focus too much on like what not how is this taking away from like me I'm like how is this taking away from all the other roles that I serve or whatever so I that's I'm glad you brought that up because I totally need to do more of like the me aspect of it, the what brings me joy. Treat yourself. Sometimes, though, I know when Tony and I were married before Liam, 
he would always do a dart league, which was always fine because I would always go out and watch him. And then when Liam was born, he decided not to do it anymore. And um, I think part of that, he decided the year that Liam was born. And I think part of that was because, I mean, actually, quite honestly, I probably would have been fine. He was a, he was a very boring baby. And I think he did, like, he subbed here and there. But I remember um, this last summer, he was like, hey, do you, do you think you would mind if I started doing darts again? on Tuesday. And I was like, please, please go do darts. Like, please go do something for yourself. But then the turnabout on that is I now don't feel guilty. If somebody, if one of my friends is like, Hey, can we go out to dinner Friday? Like it almost takes the pressure off of me because there's something Tony gets to go do every week. He gets to go spend time with his friends and has time to himself. And, um, so I don't know, it's kind of been a win-win for both of us, but I remember early on there would be times in the relationship where like you go through kind of, or maybe I just did that like selfish stage where you just want to be with them all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do you have to, do you have to go do that? But you know, I don't know. After being together for 11 years, it's like, see ya honey. (laughs) Catch you on the flip side. (laughs) Same. What are you going to do? Okay. Bye. (laughs) See you when you get home. Have fun. Don't drink and drive. Wear your (laughs) seatbelt. Yeah, for for us it's golfing. Keenan has gotten into golf this year, and I love it because I, he's spending time with people. He's in, doing something he enjoys, and and then like you said, Kayla, I don't feel bad if my friends want me to get dinner or something. I can, like, I just I don't feel like I'm taking too much me time if I know he has his Keenan time too. So yeah, it's it's great. Agree. All right, what do we got next, Lydia? Raids. So. In Braids, Glennon is talking about her ex-husband's girlfriend and the relationship that she has with their children. And uh, Glennon um, notices that this woman braids her daughter's hair and Glennon cannot braid. And then she learns that this woman is telling her children that she loves them. And she calls her ex-husband and is like, she needs to slow her roll because I'm the mom and don't let her forget that. And so they had a little bit, you know, of that rough patch. Co-parenting is not easy. And when there's other partners involved, it's not easy. And um, but by the end of the chapter, Glennon is has reached a point in the relationship with this other woman that she understands that one day she has a goal of learning how to parent her children with the ex-husband, the girlfriend, Abby and Glennon all together like a braid interwoven um, into this nice little creation that everyone has their little spots. And, uh, and that's going to take time for sure. And you have to let go of, I guess what you thought your, your children's lives would be like and how easy it could be, but it's not going to be easy. But um, I liked that chapter because I could relate to that it's not it's, it's not easy having other people in your kids lives telling them that they love them <laughs> i feel like that would that would be an exercise yeah yeah it's not easy i totally did have that conversation once of um i'm the mom and don't forget it oh you did i did Ooh. how did I, it go i mean it was an argument with i mean i i wasn't that nice when i said it for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are some, some f bombs, 
But I mean, you get you get territorial about your kids, and you want to make sure the people around them are the best mm. are the best adults for them because you obviously know best. So, <laughs> duh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it was a good like, chapter. I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was gonna say from a personal perspective that I had to learn this um, this exact lesson with my parents are both divorced and remarried, and having kids that like changed the ball game for me. I thought I was over the divorce and like moved on. And then suddenly it was like back and I was like, well, they're not grandpa and grandma. Like who's grandpa and grandma, you know? And I was like dead set against it, you know? And now like, that's just stupid. What is like, it was a waste of, it was wasting time on happiness. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. It was just a whole big, like ragey dumbness. and, you know, I'm past it now, but really, like, I can see that all the grandparents, like, Cora has six grandparents, so she's lucky. She has way more than a lot of kids do, and so, um, but they all play a different role in her life, and they all bring something different to the table, and she loves them all, you know, individually. Um, Ira, you know, probably does too, but he's a baby, so <laughs> he doesn't know what he loves. Um, <laughs> so, but I think... I love how she put it together like as a braid because like everything comes together to make this, you know, one beautiful thing. And yeah, everything bring everybody brings something different to the table. But I think we all know that the nuclear family is not the norm anymore. So we have to just adjust and like make it as beautiful as possible with what we have. Well, and sometimes it's probably better. For sure. I Absolutely. mean, rather than being stuck in a family where parents don't get along or can't see eye to eye. I mean, I have always thought, God forbid, maybe I'm getting off the tracks here, but if something ever happened between me and Tony's relationship, like we would both living under bridges because we would be fighting so hard for lamb that we'd just all be homeless. And so it is really just best for our family that we continue to just work it out. (laughs) But like, I, like literally just can't imagine trying to co-parent I mean with like another female like I don't I my brains no I don't get it and that's why I'll continue to work on my marriage (laughs) okay so the next chapter we have is seconds and this one I loved though I think I say that in the beginning of all chapters that I talk about uh Glennon discusses her need at first to control things. And I think she probably is still very controlling, but she talks about how when a heated conflict comes up between her and Abby, they take a breath and say to each other, okay, let's not first marriage this, let's second marriage this. And so what that means is let's not go on autopilot, let's use what we've learned and let's apply it. So she explains how she is a very controlling Person. And when she was young, she made herself feel safe by controlling her food and her body. And as she got older and became a wife and mother, she would control everyone else. So she would control their safety and anything she could think of to control. So she said, for a long while, I have controlled and led my people and called that loved. I loved my people to a bloody pulp. My role in the lives of people I love has been as follows. I exist to make all your hopes and dreams come true. So let's sit down. Let's take a look at this comprehensive list of hopes and dreams I've created for you. I have been paying very close attention and trust me, I see you and I know you better than you know yourself. 
you can do anything I put your mind to. Let us begin. So she essentially talks about how she used to do this with Abby and Abby for the first year, like just Glennon played along and let Abby think she was winning when she was secretly just kind of trying to control her and how what she ended up finding was things would just keep working out even though she would loosen her grip on things. And she said she started feeling happier. Her children became more brave, more kind, and more relaxed. And how um, she started to unlearn about what she thought she knew about control and love. Now she says, I think that maybe control is not love. I think that control might actually be the opposite of love because control leaves no room for trust. And maybe love without trust is not love at all. And how we need to let people tell us who they are and then support their dreams instead of us always thinking we know as best. And I just thought that was a really wonderful message. I agree. Does yeah. anyone have any 100%. thoughts on control? I I vibed with this one hard because I am that. I am very controlling. Anybody who saw me at Rag Briley yesterday would know that the moment <laughs> things were out of control is when I lost it. <laughs> oh, would like to hear more about that later, but we'll carry on for now. Yeah, we don't need to dive <laughs> so long. No, just don't. We're not going to go down that path right now. Let's, have, uh, let's get together and have drinks or something. Yes, <laughs> we should do that anyway. Drinks, I mean, bubbly water, but anyway. <laughs> well, I think it's the it's the control aspect, but also that constant like waiting for the shoe to drop and the sky is falling. Like when you mix those two together. And you have someone who wants to be in control, but you also have someone that is always waiting for something to go wrong. Like those two things, which I am like the epitome of both of them. Like I'm hyper organized, super, super like um, things are always mapped out like to the minute. And I just like live my life that way. And then but I'm also like prepared for anything that could possibly go wrong. Like it was just Michael was even laughing at me today with how I carried like our passports, our health visas, our vaccination cards, our like all this stuff is like perfectly organized in these little like packets. And then they're in like I got a freaking like one of those um, 99 cent like pencil class or plastic um, pop up like containers. They're like a caboodle. You guys remember those? And so like oh, yeah. I'm like I'm like at customs whipping out my caboodle. Like here you go. I got all my stuff. And oh, my he's just God. like, what, what is wrong with you? But I'm like, I had to like do it that way because I'm always like, that's part of the controlling, but also then I'm like, okay, well, what if the health visa isn't enough? What if we have to have the cards with us? What if we have to have this with us? And so then it's like that constant sky is falling. And it, so then this is really weird. So this morning our flight was super early and we were a little bit behind schedule and I was like panicking as we're pulling in and like, I'm so worried. I'm like, it's going to take us forever to find parking. We got the, like a front row spot opened up and then I'm like, Oh my God, it's going to take us forever to get in and get through security. We're never going to make it. There was no line. And then I'm like, Oh, he, you know, wanted to go to the restaurant and grab a, a breakfast sandwich. And I'm like, Oh, we're not, we're going to miss the plane. And we were no line to get on. And like, so it was like, all the, I'm like, how do these things keep working out? What's going to go wrong? Something's going to go wrong. This is too easy. We got a front row parking spot, no lines right on the plane. Like this is not, this, this is not how my life is. And he was just like looking at me like, yeah, it's good things happen sometimes. And it's okay to be like lucky or like, but I was just waiting, like what's going to happen. That means like something's going to happen on the plane. That means something's going to happen. We're not going to get in to the Bahamas or like, I just, that was my whole thought process the whole day. Cause like I had a good morning, so there's no way my whole day could be good. It's crazy. And was it? Yeah. 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 But it's just bizarre that I can't just be like, 
wow, cool. We got a great park spot i was like okay we got a great parking spot that means something else has to go wrong today <laughs> like that's just that's the thought process like oh, it's so because it is constantly that like sky is falling so just wait till you come back onto mainland us and you think that you need <laughs> all of those documents that you have in your caboodle just yes. FYI, they don't even care like I you're know. gonna go and get tested three days before you come back and yes. they're gonna be like oh okay. you tested great they don't even want to look at it they don't want to look at it I know it was just so funny like just the hyper organization and then the like panic of like okay well this is too good to be true and like how sad that like I think it's like too good because I got a good parking spot or I had no line you know what I mean like how stupid. you're just the most precious Jesse <laughs> you, you're know. like I feel awful saying this because I know how much like stress and anxiety all of that gives you, but you are really the ideal travel partner. If, yes. if, like, like I love Absolutely. hearing that it's not me. Like if you could live and if you could just come into my brain for a half hour, you'd be like, oh my gosh, there is not shit happening in here. Like I... Like I think about things a lot, but my stress and anxiety level, and I am medicated by the way, not heavily, I'm doing fine, but like it's, <laughs> it's very low. I don't really worry about things. I don't stress about things. Like today I got caught up working on something and I showed up to my noon class at 1150 and I walked in and I thought, yeah, I'll figure it out. And I did. And it was fine. And class went just normal, but like you would be concerned. Like if you lived in my brain, you'd be like, oh my gosh, nothing is going on on here <laughs> it's gonna make a no, plan <laughs> yes no that's me like I was unpacking stuff and Michael's like you brought Leo uh, Neosporin and liquid band-aid I was like what if we get a cut like it oh might happen God. and then what are we gonna do like I don't want it to get infected I can't get infected in a foreign country I can't go to the I can't go to a hospital oh my God. like what would he just, do without you I seriously you know I'd he would carry a lot less luggage <laughs> he'd, he'd have like a he gangrenous limb clearly what would happen then there would be amputation involved if Jesse was not here <laughs> frankly sure. I'm I'm wondering if you have any boy scout badges <laughs> because I feel like I, you do I might I'm ready Valid question. I think I think Delta's Delta's regretting giving me my first bag free because uh, for each traveler because we brought way more than what we needed. <laughs> but I'm prepared Let's, for all situations. The first thing that I'm doing when you get back to town is enrolling you in a box car race because this like Boy Scout thing is right up your alley. <laughs> yes. So I don't these a lot of her like a lot of all the chapters that have been that kind of controlling and then the like like need to like have that um I guess not need but that you know anxiety about something bad's always gonna happen like all those chapters I was just like god I guess like not that it made me feel normal but I'm like at least I'm not the only one I have people <laughs> do you feel like not. you want to work on any of that though or are you just oh, 100%. like 100 percent no I don't hyper brain um I mean I like it like sometimes it comes yeah, in like handy. there's some I think there's some good perks here there is I maybe wouldn't yes. discount all of it yes but some yeah of there's it, perks some of it is exhausting. <laughs> oh my gosh, that reminds me of the time that we went to Des Moines, and um, you oh, had yes. you had like fabric spray, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Why are why are you bringing that? But well, we yeah, we went to Des Moines, and I packed masks for everyone, and the Clorox fabric spray disinfectant spray, and I had like because we were gonna go shopping maybe, and then I'm like, well, what if we need to spray them? And yeah, yes, it was. I mean, she's That's exceptional prepared. to do things with. This is prepared. I'm, I'm sorry not, it's giving you ulcers, but like I'm, I'm very not even pleased. Like a germaphobe. Oh. 
No, I'm not even like I'm not super like I'm concerned COVID, about germs or COVID. Co- I mean, germophobes. Yeah, I mean, I like to be conscious and aware, and like pre- I would rather prevent if I can. So, but I'm not like losing my mind about it. Um, but yeah, I was super prepared. That's just me. It's weird. Yeah. I know. Got him on. I I would have high fived you for that. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, good idea. <laughs> I think of that. Yes. So anyway, tangent a little bit. Sorry. Not really. It was a good, good lesson on control. Great <laughs> lesson. I think there's pros and cons. Yeah. Meh. Sure. All right. I think I have, I'm the next, next one up. Yep. For ideas. Yeah. So in ideas, Glennon talks about um, discovering that she's pregnant and this is before her and Craig um, were married. And so there was this discussion on Craig's side, suggesting that maybe they don't get married and possibly raise the child separately, Um, not separately, but side by side. Um, cause he knew from, I, I think from the very beginning that maybe they weren't meant to be together, but Glennon was just so focused on, uh, the image of like the perfect family and the perfect marriage that there was no seeing any other side than we have to get married. We have to have this, um, family. And so it was kind of an instance, it, but she had questions, I guess, about if her and Craig were really meant to be together. But again, that image of that perfect family was stronger for her than, you know, maybe the possibility that they shouldn't be together. And so it was kind of an instance of both of their knowings, like pointing towards the solution, but Glennon's kind of imagination and idea of what the perfect family looked like kind of taking over and controlling. And she was too focused maybe on the image versus what she actually knew inside herself and, and what Craig knew inside himself. And it wasn't until after they got divorced that she realized, you know, Craig was right and he had the solution the whole time. Um, and he was right all along, but she just couldn't get over that image of what the perfect family was, or what, what she believed it would be. Good, succinct. I yep. feel like yeah. that, that's really all that one. Yeah. Yep. I, I love that. Just kind of straight it, to I the mean, point. Took, yeah. Yep. I love that it took a bunch of, I mean, this is typical, but a lot of people take a bunch of years, but then you come back around and like, even if it is long gone, I think it's still worth it to say like I was wrong. Yeah. Because I have a hard time saying that I was wrong. But I think even if it's been a really long time, I think it's still worth it for everybody, not just yeah. for yeah. yourself. Right. I agree yeah. with that. I, I that. And I mean, I just feel like it's important. You don't know what that other person carries with them if that's something that maybe they need to hear from you. And if it's something they don't, well, at least you talked it out and whatever way it ends up, you've cleared the air. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's times in life where you reach out and maybe you try to talk something out and you know what happens? Perhaps the other person is not receptive. And I think it's important that we all remember here that that is not about you. That's about them. And so, you know, we do, we pack it up and we move on. We just keep on trucking. God bless. Yeah. Or, that you actually know. recently happened because it well, did not, well sorta. So there's another woman that she and I did not get off on the right foot many many moons ago, and we had our issues. And then just like you know didn't talk to each other because obviously we don't like each other. And then um, a few years ago she messaged me and had said like, can we just agree that the reasons we didn't get along were stupid? And then she complimented me and was like, I see what you're doing and I think it's really great and. 
Um, I appreciate women who are intelligent and have strong opinions and all this like nice stuff. I wasn't ready to hear it yet. I was still like, I don't know that you are different. So I just, I, I literally ignored it. And then, um, ghosting. Ago, what's that? You ghosting. ghosting. And I like never looked back on it. I was like, I'm, I'm not here for this. And then a few weeks ago, I messaged her because she has been doing things and um, been be- becoming more vocal and just having a voice. And I've seen her write things on social media that I'm like, oh, okay, I like this. And I, so I messaged her and I was like, I, I grew from the person I was when you and I knew each other. And I didn't give you that same space in my head to acknowledge that you could have grown as well. And I'm sorry for that. And, um, that, you know, like I see what you're doing in the community and I think it's really great and you should keep it up. And I mean, she appreciate, and she wrote me back and was like, thank you so much. This is awesome. Like, I'm glad we can be here type of a thing. And we don't have to be best friends. We don't have to be friends who talk really ever if we don't want to be, but we both acknowledge that the other person is, has grown and evolved and we are a lot more mature than we used to be. And I love it was, that story. It's a good talk. Yeah. I love that. Kayla Joe, there's hope for you yet. Uh, I am okay, but thank you. I did um, reach out to someone. She's not ready. She's not ready. I wish the masses could see the look on your face. I did do that um, to someone I knew a long time ago. This was probably a couple years ago, but her and I didn't get along either. And I reached out to her and like literally said that exact same thing. And honestly, like it, I think that day I was having a really shitty day. And my answer to that is always like when I'm in a real shit mood, I need to do something to make myself not feel so shitty. So I try to do something kind or do something that, you know, makes me feel good about living life. And so I reached out to her and apologized. (laughs) And like, we had a really nice conversation and damn it, if I didn't feel better. It's there's real stuff behind this. I'm saying probably made that person feel better too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice conversation, which is generally how they go. I mean, most of the time, (laughs) not all the time, but most of the time. All right, Megan, you're next. Okay. So this one is sidelines. Um, and this one, uh, she, uh, may, or Glennon, I can't think of her name today. Glennon tells a story about when she is, uh, she's taking the family to watch Craig and Abby play on this adult soccer league together. And she's sitting in the sidelines and um, a woman points to her kids and is like, are those your daughters? And she's like, yep. And um, <laughs> so she said, oh, is their dad out there playing? And Glennon's like, yeah, um, he's right there. And they're like, you know, they start to have the conversation about, oh, where do you live, blah, blah, blah. And then um, they get to the point, though, inevitably, that was going to happen where Glennon says, yeah, we all live in Naples, but, like, we don't live together because we're still divorced. And the lady says, oh, it's so nice that you guys um, still come together to watch him play. And that's really supportive of you. And she said, well, yeah, we love to come and watch him play, but the kids also love to watch their mom play. And then the woman's like super confused. And she's like, oh, I thought you said you were their mom. And she says, I am, but that's their that's their other mom. And she goes, thinks about it. And she says, that's so your husband remarried or first, I think she recognizes her as Abby Walbach. And she goes, oh, so she remarried. Uh, he remarried Abby. And she says, close. I married Abby. 
And, you know, it's like you have that moment, like you totally can, I can hear it and see it when I'm reading where Glennon's trying to describe this moment of like where you're teetering in the middle. Are you going to pick the right side? Are you going to pick the wrong side? And the lady picks the right side and just thinks about it for a second and says, oh, wow. And um, just, I felt like that was just like a really beautiful story of like, well, first acceptance, but then like, yeah, how your family can evolve because like they're divorced, but she's still going to support. And it's not just that she's going for Abby, like she's going for everybody. And I love that. So I feel like, I think that that was kind of the, the point is the, um, of this chapter was that it was like, your family is going to evolve. Like things are going to change, but so long as you, you know, just allow it to grow, don't try to do the control thing. Um, like everything's going to be, you know, it'll be good. I did highlight only one thing. Um, she says, we create and recreate our family again and again from the inside of each one of us out. We will continue to do that forever. So each of us will always have room to grow and grow and still belong. That is what family is to me, where we are both held and free. And I, I just think that's really lovely because you, she just, you know, she's letting everybody be. And I love that. Yeah. And that lady just let her be. You know, said, oh, wow. But also, I think it's, I think that's something that we don't think about, but that's always changing. Like, you know, how your life evolves to just being married or in a relationship. And then obviously not in every case, but like, obviously, even when you don't have kids, like Jesse, your relationship with Michael has changed and evolved. And like when you're a parent. You have so many stages they go through, but then eventually they leave and that's a new stage too. So really your family, no matter what your situation is, uh, really is always evolving. So probably the worst trap we can get stuck in is thinking it's always going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Totally. Wise words. Very wise. We haven't snapped anything today. Oh, I was <laughs> My hands have been busy just stroking this smooth rock. So sorry. Oh. Do you have a worry rock? Yeah. No, it's it's one of Cora's. Um, I'm sitting at her play table and um, she has all of her rocks. She has a rock collection. Um, I, just, I have to show you because it's right here. Oh, it's so heavy. Oh, yes. Oh, this is only some of it. Um, there's more outside that she's just collected from our um, like beds and she makes a stack on on the side of our we have like a raised bed with a wall and she stacks them all around the edge it's almost the whole way around now it's been going on for years anyway she's really into rocks and this one is smooth so I just wanted to my hands have been busy I can't worry rock <laughs> I'm not worried I don't think well I probably am this probably Liam. always a worry <laughs> Liam always picks his cuticles and his fingernails. So we found him a smooth rock outside and we told him it was his worry rock. And so whenever he needs something to do with his hands um, to take the rock and mm-hmm. um, do what you're doing. But then I think he lost his rock. So that's how that worked out. I have more. <laughs> do you need more? I think I need a new rock if Cora could spare one. I, would feel like, I see two in here that look exactly the same. Cora would be like, like, I had two of those rocks. <laughs> Probably. God, I'm getting so much. I'll ask her if she. I'll ask her. I won't. I won't just take. I'll be kind. Really, levels is just about Glennon. Um, talking about how she will no longer stay someplace that doesn't feel genuine to her. If if her body is telling her this isn't right, she's not going to continue it. And that 
her thirties were spent um, staying in these spaces, thinking that she had to, and now her, this new decade of her life is I don't have to be here, and I'm not going to be here. I mean, yes, that's, yeah, she, that's what I got brings, out of it. She brings back that story of the hot yoga and the mm. the metaphor of like. She could, uh, rather than voluntarily suffering when the doors are unlocked, she will leave and just trust herself. So in that yoga class, it was too hot and she wanted, or her friend wanted to leave or was it her? And now I don't remember. Um, her friend. Yeah. Yes. And it was, and she wanted to leave, but wouldn't, and she could have the whole time. And so, yeah, just leave. Totally. I'm trying to decide if, um, if she decided that the, the therapist's recommendation to like, she said that her anxiety was, this is what her therapist said. Your anxiety is controlling you, which means that you were lost in your head. You don't know what you want. You're so disconnected. You need to remember how to get back into your body somehow. And so then like Glennon chose yoga and she seemed to regret it. Like I had a hard time understanding that part because I was like, does she not like it? Or like, or was that good for her? Cause I feel like I like, if I mean, if it was me, and I was forced to just sit there and like realize my anxiety, then I might be able to get myself out of a spiral. So I guess right. I'm not sure. And that's always what my um, therapist would tell me was like, you need to find a way to get out of your head because you're too, you're like in there too much. And mm-hmm. so she suggested when I'm feeling like when I'm enjoying whatever it is I'm doing, actually take a moment to acknowledge where I am, what I'm doing, who am I with? Like, why is this? a good feeling right now. And then when I feel like I'm spiraling for whatever reason to try to come back to those thoughts or like if I am having a moment, look at my kids or like look at Keenan or look at my dogs or do something that like puts me back into like that moment in time. And then if I look at my dogs, like, oh, I love my dogs. My dogs are so sweet. My dogs are so soft. Like whatever I can (laughs) to like bring me back out of my brain. And actually yoga helps me with that too, because I have to pay attention to my movements and my balance. So it lets me not think about other things because I don't want to topple over (laughs) on whatever movement I'm trying to do. So those are good. I'm, uh, I just made a mental note of the, when you're really happy taking in your surroundings. That's a good one. Yeah. It's helped me a lot. Honestly, that's a good, I've learned. I mean, that tool has helped me the most, I think. Yeah, that's why that I ask Kayla for yoga every time we work out. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. You say I'm a crockpot. Why do we have to do this? I was hoping we were going to do yoga today, and I say we're. I am we, not yoga certified. We will never be doing yoga. <laughs> I've literally been been training with Kayla for like what two years now or three years? Two years? I don't know. Years? You. And and historically, you've ghosted me about once per year for. We have okay, we have yes, and then when I come back, why you gotta bring a bullshit? I I just have to. Yeah, you like holding grudges. Yeah. Yeah. One time I ghosted her for no, I didn't ghost her, but my but life got kind of crazy, and then I surprised her with a FaceTime, begging her to take me back. It worked. But anytime, but anyway, anytime I go work out, I think at least twice a week, I am like, oh, so today's yoga. We've literally never done yoga. No, <laughs> but I, never... st- I still bring it up <laughs> just, just in the odd chance. I feel like I want to throw out that if Kayla decided to do yoga, she'd find a way to do yoga where your heart rate was it's super high. high. Yoga. <laughs> yes. 
Hit yes. yoga. Yeah. Everybody, let's fucking warrior pose right yes. now. Yeah. But yes. like yeah. But with a burpee or something. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, yoga. I just want I just wanted to try to throw that out there so maybe I could get a yoga session. Here. Oh god, I'm giving you now, to someone everybody else. Everybody heard it, Kayla. So you gotta I'm give it to you her. along. <laughs> all right now should we hit the epilogue let's hit it here's what glennon had to say in my favorite holy text there is a poem about a group of people desperate to understand and define god they ask what are you and god says i am they say you are what god says i am what are you glennon are you happy are you sad are you christian are you a heretic are you a believer? Are you a doubter? Are you young? Are you old? Are you good? Are you bad? Are you dark? Are you light? Are you right? Are you wrong? Are you deep? Are you shallow? Are you brave? Are you weak? Are you shattered? Are you whole? Are you wise? Are you foolish? Are you sick? Are you healed? Are you lost? Are you found? Are you gay? Are you straight? Are you crazy? Are you brilliant? Are you caged? Are you wild? Are you human? Are you alive? Are you sure? I am. I am. I am. I am. We so did it. we did it. But can I just say that my favorite thing about the epilogue, and I know we kind of went back and forth before we started recording tonight about the epilogue, because it is really a unique way to end the book. But I think it's such a great way to like sum up that in life, you are all of these things in mm-hmm. all of these different times. Like, yep. Yep. Just depends on your season. At any given you know? time. Yeah. Yep. And it's ever changing and evolving and that's fine. Totally. Yes. So you may be one thing and then you may be another. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's, a, it's all okay. Thank you so much for listening to the last and final episode of our interpretation of Glennon Doyle's Untamed. We will be back in two weeks where we will kick off season two, where we focus on Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection. If you would like a chance to potentially win a free copy, head on over to our Facebook page, Books That Make Us Better Podcast, share our graphic for a chance to win. And that does it for us. Season one is in the books. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks.